Welcome into another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Johnson. Follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. We are going to recap day two and day three of the Major League Baseball draft for your Kansas City Royals. Which picks did we like and what grade do we give them overall for their 2023 selections? We'll have some all-star game thoughts. Salvador Perez had a hit in the game. And maybe looking at next year, which other players the Royals can get in to an all-star game and not just Salvador Perez. And lastly, what should be the big message for the second half? All that is coming up next on Locked on Royals. You are Locked on Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, we want to thank you, the listener, for making Lockdown Royals your first listen every day. And we can follow us on all those podcasting platforms. That can be Spotify. That can be Apple Podcasts. That can be Amazon Music. And you can also follow us on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button, that subscribe button, and let us know your comments on the videos. I'm always open to critiques, always open to suggestions. That's what I want here on this podcast when you want to hear about the Kansas City Royals it's not just my opinions it's not just what I think about this team it's about what you think about this team you know I'll be sending out Twitter polls and and you just need to let me know what to talk about of course there's going to be days that I've got specific segments but for a lot of you out there and those that have just started following me on Twitter following this podcast that's important to me I like the feedback I like hearing the comments and that's what we are going to do moving forward. We're inching closer and closer to another Mailbag Friday, and that should kick off a great weekend of baseball in Kansas City as the Royals will be hosting the Tampa Bay Rays. But the talk all week long has been the Major League Baseball draft and what the Royals were really able to do, right? The Kansas City Royals were in a spot where they needed to hit on, let's say, of the 20 picks, they need to hit on at least six or seven of them. And when I mean hit on them, that doesn't just mean get to the big leagues. I think you need to have about six or seven legitimate pieces. That doesn't mean all of them come up through Kansas City, they're in the lineup, they're in the rotation, and they're dominating. That's not what this is about. You're hoping that maybe two or three of those guys can be impact player down an impact player down the road but for some of these other guys, maybe you can turn them into prospects down the road. You flip them for valuable trade assets. That's what you're looking for when you go through a 20-round selection of the Major League Baseball draft. Now, if you checked out our podcast on Monday, you would have heard our thoughts on day one. The thoughts that we had for Blake Mitchell, Blake Walters, of course, top to bottom. It felt like the biggest pick of the night, of course, was always going to be Blake Mitchell. I said my favorite pick of the night was Blake Walters. We'll see how those two prep kids progress. And, of course, in spots and positions that don't have a great track record. Now, day two, I really thought, was a home run for Kansas City. That was a very effective day. And it showed that when they went a bit under slot in day one, they could take some more chances. They could take some big swings in day two. And what I saw in day two was a lot of talented guys that I don't think I really had on my radar. 
there were some guys I even forgot were still on the board because there's so many players that are taken, right? And the Major League Baseball draft, some guys fall, and those guys that are ranked maybe top 50 prep guys, the longer they fall, they're just not going to get selected because they're likely going to go to school. They're likely going to take the scholarship offer they had prior to the Major League Baseball draft. But on day two, Kansas City selected Hero White out of a Connecticut high school. He was the Connecticut Player of the Year, if that sounds familiar to you Royals fans. Frank Mozakata was also a high school player of the year in Connecticut. They took Hunter Owen out of Vanderbilt with their fourth round selection, 106 overall. And they took Spencer Nivens, an outfielder out of Missouri State. They took Coleman Pickard in the sixth round, a right-handed pitcher out of Bryant. With their seventh round selection, they took Trevor Werner, a two-way player out of Texas A&M. With their eighth round selection, they took Dustin Dickerson, a shortstop out of Southern Miss. With their ninth round selection, they took Jacob Widener, a left-handed pitcher out of Oral Roberts. And with their 10th round selection, they took Justin Johnson. Today, the Royals wrapped up their picks 11 through 20 with Jared Dickey, outfielder out of Tennessee with their 11th round pick. They went with Logan Martin with their 12th round selection, a right-handed pitcher out of Kentucky, also transferred from a D3 school. So kind of a cool story on Logan Martin. With their 13th round selection, they took Ethan Bossacker, a right-handed pitcher out of Xavier, with the 14th pick or 14th round selection, excuse me. They took Mason Miller, a left-handed pitcher out of Florida Gulf Coast. 15th round selection, they took Chase Isbell, a right-handed pitcher out of Auburn. Their 16th round selection, it was Josh Hansel, a right-handed pitcher out of Arizona State. Their 17th round selection was Connor Oliver, left-handed pitcher out of Miami, Ohio. 18th round selection, a prep catcher again in Stone Russell out of IMG Academy in Florida. Their 19th round selection, another prep kid out of L.A., Donovan LaSalle. And their 20th round selection, seemingly the 50th Blake that J.J. Piccolo in his front office took. It was Blake Wilson, another prep shortstop that was picked 589 in the Major League Baseball draft. As I said in the beginning parts of this segment, I thought that round two, uh, day two, let's go with that. Day two was really a home run for the Royals. Uh, that felt like they found a lot of value in back-to-back-to-back picks. And I walked away yesterday going, that's what I wanted to see, right? I think everybody came to a consensus. If you knew those prospects, you watched a little bit of college baseball, that really these were guys that, fell under the radar, maybe they were injured, maybe it was just such a loaded class that they weren't in the limelight, they weren't a star player. To me, it feels like day two was where the Royals found a lot of their top prospects. Of course, Blake Mitchell, Blake Walters, those guys, they're going to be near the tops in those selections. They're going to be a top 30 prospect in this system. But the guys I really like, if I'm ranking Picks that I had that I really love for the Royals, two of them, my one and two, is in day two. I think my favorite pick of the entire draft was Hunter Owen, a big left-handed pitcher out of Vanderbilt, dealt with some arm injuries, but was great last year for the Commodores. He, to me, was one of those guys that pitches for a prestigious Power 5 SEC school, and you think about some of the big arms that have filtered in from Vanderbilt. Uh, David Price, maybe the biggest name there. Last couple of years, it was Kumar Rocker, Jack Leiter. Hunter Owen, to me, was maybe one of the more valuable fourth-round picks that I have seen uh, the Royals make 
over the last couple of years. And then my second favorite selection was Spencer Nivens, outfielder out of Missouri State. Right, 99th percentile in max exit velocity. It was the analytical numbers for me with Tyler Nivens out of out of Missouri State, excuse me, that popped. To me, that was a guy that I did actually have on my radar. I thought the local ties would help out the Royals a little bit. And in the end, it seemed like the Royals had the same idea. And to me, uh, this is the type of guy you want to hit on in day two. You may go under slot day one. You may take a Blake Mitchell, a prep hitting catcher, a prep arm. But then for a college bat, a, a mature bat, a guy you're not really having to work with a lot, well, you look for some of those advanced numbers, those data-driven numbers. Tyler Nivens, to me, has the most eye-popping numbers of the college bat stats that I saw. You know, to me, uh, Carson Rockefort, the third-round selection, that felt like very much of an undersell, a big-time underslot, so that they could get a Hunter Owen and Tyler Nivens in rounds four and five back-to-back. Like, that, to me, was – I was gleaming when I saw those back-to-back selections for the Kansas City Royals. Because sometimes you hit big there and you go, okay, we're going to go underslot a couple more picks. So those were one and two for me. I'm throwing out the first round here, the day day one. I think Blake Mitchell can still be a stud, but for me, it was day two. It was Hunter Owen. It was Tyler Nivens. My third favorite selection was the first pick they made on day three. And that was going with another college bat in Jared Dickey. And really the only pick to me that was, I, I would say, overslot in day three. I thought the Royals were going to swing bigger on day three. I don't think they really did. And I tweeted this out, that if the Royals were going to swing big today and go after some serious top 250 prospects, you know, maybe get two or three of them, I could have walked away giving them an A- minus in this draft. But in the end, I'm going to walk away with a B because first round, I was a bit whelmed by it. I wasn't blown away. Day two, got it off right with Hero Wyatt, a guy that has a disgusting power slider. You know, the Royals are showing that they like some of those Northeast kids. It doesn't pop like the, the Texas kids, the LA kids, the Florida kids, but I'm fine with where Frank Mozicato's at, and Hero Wyatt may not be far behind him. That fastball, that slider, that is something you can absolutely work with. So the first three selections on day two, that made me jump this draft class from a C plus all the way up to maybe a B plus. But then they kind of floated back down to earth, and I thought they kind of finished around a B here. I think they maybe went two under slot with a lot of the picks in day three. I don't know what all the financials are just yet, but to me, it really feels like the Royals are putting all the faith in the world in, in the scouting department and the player development team. You know, they didn't take any surefire guys, really. I think there were a lot of picks that are projects, and that's putting the ball in the court of the player development team. They're saying, we like this guy, but if he's like this, that's a long ways to go. That's a bit of a project for me, and that concerns me a little bit. But overall, I think the talent collected on day two bumps this draft from a C-plus or a C overall to about a B. Not the best it could have been, but I'm excited to see how it works. Sometimes in a 20-round draft, you have to digest it a couple of times. When they drafted Blake Mitchell, kind of threw my arms up in the air and go, why not Kyle Teal? Then I saw what they did on day two, and I go, huh, maybe it makes sense to go under slot with Blake Mitchell in the first draft. We'll see how all these guys progress. It'll be time for some of these guys to take a break from baseball 
probably come back a little bit later on in the year if they can get into the the rookie ball level, the, the summer league, the Arizona Fall League, stuff like that. And then next year, you're hoping to see tremendous growth from probably 50% early on of these selections. The college guys have the show they can move up to high A rather quickly. Your big-time prospect and Blake Mitchell don't want to see him struggling in low A next year. So lots to work with, lots of talented guys. At the end of the day, though, I'm going to give this Royals scouting department, front office, player development team about a B. It turns into an A if they can work with a lot of these projects that J.J. Piccolo has given them. We'll take our first break here, and don't go anywhere because we got to talk about this All-Star game and things I would change maybe moving forward. Should I go back to the old ways? Should they change the jerseys? And what do we make of Salvador Perez's performance? That's coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned in to Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. As always, give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. And be sure, be sure to follow us on all of our podcasting platforms. That can be Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and check us out on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. Let's give a shout out to one of today's sponsors for the show in game time. If you're ever crunched for time on tickets, if you're trying to go to a baseball game, if you're trying to go to a concert, if you're trying to go to a comedy show, game time is where you're going to have to go to. That is the best spot to go get your tickets. It's where I get my tickets. The Royals are coming up back home at Kauffman Stadium against the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm going to try to go out to one of the games, and this is the app I'm going to go to and use. Now, let me give you some numbers and facts to go with here so you know what you're getting yourself into here because I think everybody wants to know when I am using an app to get tickets, you know, what's the best part about it? Well, it's really easy to use. That's number one. All you got to do is download the Game Time app, create that account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off on your first purchase. Who doesn't want that when you're buying tickets? That's your first purchase, $20 off. That is one hell of a deal. Now, again, just be sure to create that account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. So download Game Time today for some last-minute tickets for the lowest price, and always they're going to be guaranteed. That is game time. What you should use when buying tickets for baseball, for concerts, for comedy shows, this is the place you're going to have to go to. And tonight's Major League All-Star game, it was the National League topping the American League by a score of 3-2, to two, thanks to an Elias Diaz go-ahead two-run shot to put the National League on top. That came off of... Baltimore Orioles closer, Felix Bautista, who there was a viral video going around where some Seattle radio guy doesn't like it that Orioles fans call him King Felix because that nickname should stick with Felix Hernandez. So I'm sure he was pretty thrilled tonight with the outcome and, and the loss going to Felix Bautista. But in regards to the Kansas City Royals, actually a, a very entertaining and fun night. Uh, Salvador Perez goes one for two. Uh, he had an opposite field single, which we don't see that often from Salvador Perez. And even some former Royals stole the show a little bit. Brent Rooker, who was here in Kansas City for a cup of coffee, he had a hit in the game. Whit Merrifield had a hit in the game. Jorge Soler got in. It really was top to bottom. A lot of Royals there. It was a Royals reunion, if you will, on both sides, the American League and the National League. But I wanted to take time 
and go over tonight's game, not for every single inning. I'm not going over the performances here. What I did love was that both sides seemed to be really intense with it. They were really into that game. I know that people get fed up with the Pro Bowl and the NBA All-Star game because there's a lot of just you know, free ball. It's it's not really entertaining to me because there's no competitiveness, if you will. That's that's the word I'm looking for here. There's no true competitiveness in the Pro Bowl or the NBA All-Star game. It used to be that way. It used to be that way with all three of the sports, maybe not so much the Pro Bowl. But I would say in tonight's All-Star game, despite there being nothing to play for, just bragging rights, you know, guys were hanging over the edge. Uh, they were nervous biting their nails down to the wire when Craig Kimbrell of the Phillies strikes out Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Guardians. To me, it was about as entertaining as you could get. You have all the stars on a national stage, packed house in Seattle. I mean, the best versus, versus the best, and it's a close game. And the players care. And some Royals and former Royals performed well. To me, that was a very enjoyable night. There's still some fixes that I would have. I'm not a fan of the uniforms. I was not a fan of the uniforms tonight because I think the beauty of an all-star game is that every single player gets to represent their team. And you have them all in different uniforms. It's not going to throw anybody off. You're not going to you know, get confused because you're rolling up a double play with a guy that's not wearing the same jersey as you. That's not the case here. Because that's the way it was for years. And to me, it feels like in this spot, it's the perfect time to give exposure to players and to really grow and educate people with the game. You know, this Elias Diaz, right? You know, people want to know who he plays for. When he's wearing the, the jersey of the National League, a lot of people are going to have to look him up. You know what wouldn't have happened if he's wearing his jersey? People looking him up. And you want them to stay tuned in and focused on the game all night long. I knew I was. I know most people out there were going to be tuned into the game. But at the end of the day, that just feels counterproductive to me. The home run derby, you can wear your jersey of your team. Just carry it over into the All-Star game. Or just flip it here. Wear the American League and National League jerseys during the home run derby. That's more of an individual thing anyway. And when it is an individual thing, there's time to say who the player is, what their background is, the cool stories. During an All-Star game, you just want those camera shots. And a split second, you could see... Who plays for who? You know, this guy's wearing this jersey. He plays for the Pirates. This guy's wearing this jersey. He plays for the Diamondbacks. It grows the game. It educates people at home who some of these who are some of these up and comers, you know, who are the old timers that are on different teams now. It's the perfect way to go about it. And that's the way baseball did it for a long time. Now it's about creating these jerseys that aren't even that good looking to begin with. And have them throw it on, and then when they're at the plate, then their team's logo pops up. It's on their sleeve. That's not big enough for me. And especially in a year like this for the Kansas City Royals, I think most people in baseball, if you are a avid to uh, or average to above average baseball fan, you know who Salvador Perez is. But I think all of us as Royals fans get an extra kick out of it when he's wearing a white Royals jersey, or for tonight's case. It would be in Seattle. So, yeah, he would be wearing a white Royals jersey. It's on the road to the National League Park. And the American League is, is visiting. Then, yeah, you can wear the gray or the blue. That, to me, feels good. It feels good as a fan when you're rooting for your team, you're rooting for your player. You want to see 
Royals across the chest or Kansas City. And that goes for every other fan out there. Until they get a uniform that really pops and really looks cool, I'm going to want it to go back to the old ways. And, you know, maybe that's just me kind of turning into an old head here anyway. But I feel like I've Twitter and a lot of people talking about it that that's the common you know, consensus here is that you want to see it go back to the old ways. You want players to wear their jerseys. You want the home run derby to be 10 outs and not unlimited. Because I think with the home run derby, you want to admire those 500-foot home runs. When it's rapid fire, you're barely even blinking before the next ball is leaving the yard. No, it's more of an endurance test than anything than sheer power. Overall, though, I didn't think it was a bad All-Star weekend. Very entertaining. The Derby was fun. The All-Star game was close. Just some tweaks that I would have. It was fun to see some former Royals perform. It was fun to see Salvador Perez get at least one hit in the game. But in the end, it was the National League topping the American League by a score of 3-2. to two. Royals will be back in action on Friday, so still a couple more off days that they have before they're back in action against the Tampa Bay Rays. One more segment to go over, so don't go anywhere. I want to give a message to this Royals team before the second half begins. Stay locked in to find out what that is next on Locked on Royals. You are tuned into Locked on Royals on the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. As always, be sure to follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15 and shoot me any questions that you may have about these Kansas City Royals, about the farm system, or about the 2023 Major League Draft as the Royals made all of their 20 selections, and that concluded earlier this afternoon. Before we give go any further, excuse me, today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Now, if you've heard me talk about this before, I am always a big believer that you need to have people out there you can talk to, and there's no shame in it, right? When you go to therapy, that's not admitting you're weak or there's weakness in your mind. It's simply having somebody to talk to, to go over your problems. Well, that can be relationship problems. I just moved into this house. There's payments all the time. There, there's a Wi-Fi bill, a gas bill, a water bill, and it all adds up in the end. And you have car payments, and you're trying to live paycheck to paycheck. That can be stressful. And the way to go about it is using BetterHelp because it's so simple. Here's all you need to do. Number one, start admitting that it's okay to use therapy. You can use therapy and all you got to do with BetterHelp is fill out a quick questionnaire and you'll be matched with your therapist. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today to get 10% off on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on MLB. We're still a couple days away before the Royals are back in action at Kauffman Stadium against the Tampa Bay Rays. But I wanted to use the last couple minutes here of our show to give a message to this team, to give a message to Matt Quatrero. Because to me, this really feels like a second half where on the surface, there's not much to play for. Other than trying to ensure that you have a top three pick. I know that tanking's not advised or accepted in Major League Baseball, but I definitely want to see the Royals select top three now, especially with after all the picks that just win the 2023 Major League Baseball draft. All of those players are can't-miss guys. The Royals need another can't-miss guy. So yes, that, that would be a good outcome of this season because there's not going to 
uh, be a 10 or 15 game winning streak that makes things interesting. But that's more so in the back burner. I'm not going to go, you know, preach to this team, be sure to lose a lot of games. I'm not going to go and do that. To me, the big word of this second half is repetition. Now, if you're wondering why I'm using that word, I think repetition is important. For a lot of the guys that are going to be getting every day at bats, they're going to be uh, getting innings in the rotation, getting innings in the bullpen. It's all about repetition. At the end of the day, at this point in the season, I'm not worried about the the win-loss column. I'm not. I want to see the young guys progress, and the only way that they can is through repetition. You know, Alec Marsh goes out there and he gives up six runs in two innings, put him right back up on the horse, and he's got to make another start next time around. You know, Carlos Hernandez blows a game in the ninth, put him back out there the next night. You know, MJ Melendez, Bobby Wood Jr., Nick Prado, Michael Garcia, Michael Massey, Drew Waters, Kyle Isbell, they go through slumps. There is no replacement for them. So to me, the repetition is, you got to get them back out there in the lineup. You have to find a way to correct some things so that these guys can improve. You know, they got a little bit of time off, but does MJ Melendez need a longer reset in Omaha? You can still get repetition there. It doesn't mean to, to beat everybody into the ground. This really can be a, a second half of the season where you see a lot of improvement. The pressure's off a little bit. Maybe some people have tuned out. You know right here on Locked on Royals, we're not going to be tuned out. We're going to be giving you content every single day, Monday through Friday. But some of these guys, repetition is good for them. I think especially on the pitching side. Brady Singer, Daniel Lynch, Alec Marsh, Austin Cox, Angel Serpa. Jonathan Bowen gets up to the big leagues. Carlos Hernandez, you call up a Will Klein, a John McMillan, a Stephen Cruz. Repetition. Dylan Coleman, repetition. Josh Stallman, if he can come off the injured list. Repetition. I'm not worried about the win-loss column when you're already 40 games under 500. You're that far below. The best thing you can do is try to get these guys to grow into the offseason, to build this core, to give you valuable depth pieces. That's what I want to see in the second half. That's my big message. My main word for the second half is repetition. You have repetition in the second half. A lot of these guys get the work. I think you're going to see some signs of improvement. That'll do it for another episode of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. We want to thank you for making us your first listen every single day in regards to the Kansas City Royals. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button, that subscribe button, and always comment. You can shoot questions to me. My DMs are open. You can just tweet at me. You can comment on Apple Podcasts. You can comment on YouTube. Uh, Plenty of places to reach me and always ask questions about the Kansas City Royals. But until then, you take it easy, Kansas City.